Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team live from music town detroit inside hockey town tiger talk with pat caputo and the radio voice of the detroit tigers dan dickerson fly ball deep left field on tigers radio 97.1 the ticket hey it's great to be here we do this show every year and uh we're down at music town detroit inside the hockey town cafe myself double d dan dickerson and uh, come on down today. It's a beautiful, I don't know, it's not a beautiful day, <laughs> but it's not snowing. You can drive. It's easy to get down here, and there's lots of players, lots of autographs, lots of talk about baseball. Spring training starting on February 11th, and uh, Double D, it's time. It is, it is. This, I, we just had two days on the caravan, and Jordan Zimmerman, who joins us here in the studio, was on uh, the West Bus, and uh, it was really fun. It was a fun couple of days because you always sense that excitement outstate, and the, the, the events with a lot of events this year with kids was, uh, was a lot of fun to watch. And Jordan, I, I think, you know, first of all, welcome, and I, I think you had a good time just with, with all the interactions with the kids. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's obviously great to come back to the Detroit area um, in the off season and, and you know get the fans excited and they you know they they get us excited and we know baseball is right around the corner and and uh, you know go out and, and see the kids and help kids out and and uh, just interact with with the kids and, and other people and um, you know it's a it's always it's always a good time we had a shopping spree at the uh, Dunham's in Flint for the RBI program there right. about 15 kids right. and the looks on their faces because it was a surprise for them Jordan I know you got a chance to help a couple of kids but they were shopping with guys who were in the big leagues for equipment I mean that was that was a pretty neat moment yeah um, you know they they came there not knowing anything thought they were in for you know equipment demo or something <laughs> and, and, we, and then we show up around the corner and, and the looks on their faces is you know priceless and um, you know we a couple of players paired up with with a kid and and we asked them what they needed and they started grabbing stuff off the shelves and you know you could just see the smiles on their faces and um you know it was a it was a great thing yeah. well you know the one thing about it uh the tigers are the state of michigan's team and i think when you go on that west uh bus tour you really get that feeling grand yeah. rapids is a good sized town they got a tigers minor league affiliate and uh it's kind of you grew up in wisconsin so there's a similar feeling. I think it would be more because the Brewers weren't that old of a team, but maybe the Packers, you know, a traditional team, you know, you know that G, and you kind of feel that, uh, I think, when you go out state. Do you feel that? And did you appreciate it now having played here a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everywhere you go, it's, you know, Detroit, 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 um, you know, Tigers, Lions, every, I mean, it, all the all the major sports teams, uh, you know, the Red Wings too, uh, I mean, they – they bleed it over here, and, and uh, you know it's awesome to see. 
You know, talking about the uh, offseason, what were your emotions? Because you were so long with the Nationals, and you know all about their struggles. You know, their ups, downs, everything. And this year, in the most improbable year, a team that you're associated with a lot, and you always will be because you had such a great career there, the Nationals finally won the championship. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was good to see. Um, you know, obviously I still have a, a, a fair amount of friends on that team that I that I played with, and, um, you know, I, I watched the games, and, you know, they should have got beat by the Brewers. They snuck past <laughs> that game, and, and, you know, they never looked back. And, you know, I was, I was happy for them. Um, obviously there's a lot of years there where – They'd get bounced in the first round and never really got over the hump, and and for them to finally do it, um, you know, I was happy for a lot of those guys. Yeah, five elimination games in the trail, I think, in all five, and they won all five. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, an amazing postseason. It truly was uh, this past year, and you know, you had a, a story that it shows you baseball how it works, because sometimes it's like the team that's favored to win, they don't they don't win, and then just when you think of an organization's going down, that's the year that they do it. <laughs> We had it here in Detroit, uh, Jordan, in 2006, unfortunately for Tiger fans, because the Cardinals had these great teams, never won, and then they won 83 games and then backed into the playoffs, and then that's the year they won the World Series, so it kind of <laughs> works that way. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this coming season? And, uh, you know, this is a year that uh, you got a lot of young uh, players, you got a young pitchers that are going to start showing up here at some point. The Tigers are very hopeful about that. How do you look at your role there as uh, a veteran yeah, obviously I'm I'm going to be in the starting rotation, and and I finally you know had a, a normal off season without rehab or injections or anything like that. So I was able to get my full workload in the in the weight room, and um, I had a normal off season, which was is going to be big for me. Um, but you know I'm always here to help these younger guys out, and um, you know I don't I'm not really a, a loud speaker. I I lead by example. But if these kids want to you know come talk to me, or if I see something that you know they're not doing the way they're supposed to be doing, I'm obviously going to go tell them. Um, so I'm going to be here for them and and uh, you know help them in any way I possibly can. It's one of the beauties of baseball, isn't it? I mean, just that the knowledge that gets passed on from generation to generation. I'm sure when you started. You came up highly touted, big arm, and I'm sure there are some guys who helped you along the way just adjusting to major league life. Yeah, I mean, because you, you come in and you don't really know, you know, what to do. You know, we go on the road, okay? <laughs> Your luggage is going to be here, and, and you call down, and they bring it up, and don't forget to tip the bellman. You know, those little yeah. things like that that, you know, these, these kids probably don't know quite yet. And yeah, they're going to make a few mistakes along the way, but learning from those mistakes and, and moving forward is, is key. You know, uh, Michael Fulmer's gone through the Tommy John surgery. You went through it. Can you talk a little bit about, because uh, they say the success rate, 80% or whatever that uh, you know comes with it. What are the unique challenges of it, and uh, what makes full recovery possible? Uh, I mean, for me personally, I, I had no setbacks. Mine was about as smooth as you could possibly have. Um, you know, I came back. I was back pitching in the big leagues in 13 months. Um, but a lot of guys have setbacks, you know, scar tissue, rips or tears or whatever happens there. I never had any of that. Um, and I never, like, some guys, you know, their elbow gets tight and you just got to, you know, take it slow and work through, you know, day by day. And you know, some days it's going to feel terrible. And other days you're going to be like, oh, I'm back, I'm ready. But you got to just stay the course and, um, and and it is a pretty simple rehab. I mean, it just 
really long. You just got to take it slow and, and do all your exercises. And um, next thing you know, it's you're seven months in and you're starting to throw off the mound. And um, and then you know you then you set your next goal. Okay, now I'm going to be throwing to hitters in a month. And it's just it's it's long, but it's pretty pretty easy, and they got it figured out pretty good. Let's talk about this season for you, Jordan. Uh, first of all, it sounds big that you a normal off season to work out is not a small thing. Are you past the injections now? Is that like a thing of the past, or do you think probably one more before the start of the year? No, I, I'm, I don't plan on getting one before the start of the year unless something comes up out of the blue in spring training or something, but um, I plan on going to spring, no injections, everything the way it used to be, and um, I guess if something does come up you know, mid-season or, or whenever, then right. I'll fly down there and, and get one. You had the elbow issue last year, and then when you came back, there were some rough starts. And I remember talking to you in July, and you were, you were very frustrated, but you also knew what the fix was. You, fans have to know how hard you worked to get back to <clears throat> where you wanted to be, but it was all about kind of getting on top, staying on top of the slider and making sure you finished. After our conversation, you had six starts, 33 innings, I think it was a three ERA, two walks, 26 strikes. I mean, you pitched really well. I know the finish wasn't what you wanted, but did that stretch remind you of just, okay, it's still in there. I've still got this. Yeah, no, I, I know it's still there. Um, you know, around the All-Star break last year, I, I added this little sinker and never really throwing one. I, and one day I just started playing catch, and, and Rick Anderson said, you know, try this grip and, and throw it. And the ball just started taking off and running. Um so I, I threw a couple bullpens with it, and right into the game I started throwing it. And you know you could just see the reaction on the hitters' faces. Like after I would throw one into a righty, he'd look back at the umpire and like ask him, <laughs> you know, or the catcher, what you know, what was that? You know, looking <laughs> this in the guy dugout, throw a two seamer. He doesn't, he doesn't have this. He's never had this. And now all of a sudden, so now I have another weapon that, you know, I, I, you know, been working on all off season and take it to spring and try to get it, you know, where I can locate on both sides of the plate. Jordan, good luck in the coming season. Thanks for stopping down here and uh, talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's uh, thanks, Jordan, Jordan Zimmerman, Tigers pitcher. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, who's coming up next. Who we got next on the list, Dan? I'm sorry. Christian about Stewart. Christian Stewart will be coming up next. Uh, Tigers left-handed hitter with a lot of power will be joining us next. We're in the Music Town, Detroit, inside the Hockey Town Cafe. Stop on by. The great t- chance to get autographs, meet the Tiger players. A lot of them going to be here. We'll talk to Al Avila, the general manager, coming up as well today, and uh, Ron Gardenhire. Uh, this is Tiger Talk, a special edition on Saturday. A 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk, live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. The 2-2 again, swinging a fly ball, center field. This one's deep. Going back, Mercado looking up, and that ball is gone, a home run. Kristen Stewart, number six to straightaway center. And the Tigers take a 4-2 lead here in the fifth. Hey, there you go, Kristen Stewart. Proud of the University of Tennessee. And uh, somebody who uh, you know, made the trek through the minor leagues with a lot of home runs. Uh, had his rookie year last year. He joins us uh, now, the outfielder. And Kristen, great to be here uh, with you. And uh, your thoughts on uh, the upcoming season. And the situation with hey you went through your rookie year you learned you had some ups that home run was one of them and some downs and uh what have you been doing in the off season to make it mostly ups this year right so thanks for having me i uh yeah 
I mean, this offseason, I've just been working pretty hard. I mean, working a lot with my, on my nutrition and just getting the body right for this upcoming year. I mean, just trying to stay flexible, stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Lloyd McClendon, Tigers hitting coach, now bench coach. Joe Varvo will be the new hitting coach. Always makes the point with rookies. It's, 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 a, it's never going to be a straight lineup. It's a process. And he really felt like one of the things you did do, there were a couple of things last year, but A, you survived your rookie <laughs> season. But he, he was impressed with the, the quality of your at-bats against lefties in key situations. Not a small thing for a young left-handed batter. He thought those were really good signs. He, he's very high on your upside. What were some of the things you felt like you learned from that 2019 season that you can now apply in, in a second full year in the major leagues? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've seen a lot of these pitchers um, now in uh just coming back, it just, I mean, having the confidence and staying within myself, knowing what I can do. I mean, having an approach up there and sticking to it and uh, just trying not to leave from that, knowing the situation and just trying to get the job done. You're a power hitter. Sometimes the power is kind of the last thing to come for a young major league hitter. But something interesting in the book that Pat and I both love, the MVP machine, about how when Jose Ramirez kind of turned things around in his career, he became more pull conscious because those are the balls you hit the hardest and the farthest when you become, in other words, zoning in on a certain area of the right. plate so that you can use the power that's in you. Is that one of the things that, I mean, can you talk about that a little bit in terms of how you hit with power at the major league level and how that can also be a process? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, the biggest thing for getting to your power is uh, swing out the right pitches. I mean, you got to know your strengths and know what balls you can drive and hit hard. I mean, once you hit two strikes, it start to kind of got to start to battle, but, I mean, early in the count, you just got to find a pitch in your zone and uh, don't miss it. You know, the one thing uh, that came out of your rookie year that I don't – like if, if I were to talk to a Tiger fan and say, well, Christian Stewart, you know, and they'd say, well, he only hit what, 11 home runs or something like that. Uh, you have power potential to hit a lot more home runs. Uh, you know that. <laughs> you know, I, the, the scene in the minor leagues, you have big-time power uh, at times. And the, the thing that's different about you, and if you were able to apply it in the major leagues, I think, is your ability, you're more, you recognize pitches better. You don't strike out quite as much. And when you put the barrel on the ball, it just flies. And I would imagine that's kind of the goal to get it consistently barrel up balls. Because if you do, your balls go out, out of the ballpark. They don't, you don't <laughs> stay in. Comerica Park's big, but it's not going to hold it. And the other thing, too, is I thought you got a little dis- derailed. It was a bit of bad luck. You were right at the point where they were going to call you up. You know, I was like, I was on the, after the games, I'd be saying, you got to call up Christian Stewart. He's ready. He's ready. I kept, you know, <laughs> saying that. And then you had a calf injury. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That's towards the end of the year. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And then it kind of mm-hmm. threw you off. And then they called you up later. And it seemed to kind of throw your cycle off. I, I would imagine that right now you feel like you're back on cycle. It's, it, you're starting free in spring training and all that to get back. Yeah. I mean, it's a brand new year. Like you said, I mean, it's a fresh start this year and uh, just ready to get after it. Excited to getting together with the coaches and the team again. What is the difference between the way uh, pitchers in double-A and triple-A uh, work you compared to what they worked you in the major leagues? I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same pitches, but um, at the big league level, they're more experienced and better. I mean, they execute um, at a little higher clip. I mean, they make mistakes, uh, but not nearly as many. So when they do make a mistake, you got to make them pay for it. Joe Vavra is a new hitting coach. I know he's been pretty active getting out, traveling, right. talking with you guys. What do you think some of the changes will be? Or not even so much that as what are some of the things he's emphasizing that he wants you guys to bring to spring training? Right. I mean, uh, one of the things we talked about actually is a, a routine. Um, like changing, my, not changing per se, but uh, 
modifying my routine so uh, it will get me like more prepared each game something I can fall back on um, that I can do every day to uh, get me prepared whether it's a lefty or a righty on the mound. So when you're preparing in the offseason are you just trying to get loose and take those swings or are you immediately going in trying to work on some things in the cage? Oh from a hitting standpoint well early on I mean we're not really well for me personally I'm not really doing like overhand or um, seeing live or anything like that early on it just pretty much getting your body loose again right i mean yeah you're doing all your weight training strength training conditioning um agilities but i mean once you start doing baseball specific stuff it's a different feel in your body so you kind of have to ease your way into it um if you try to go too fast i mean you might um set yourself up for an injury so i mean i just ease my way into it um start off slow so start off on the tee um probably for the first week and a half and then start progressing from there and then how do you use technology if at all to help you hone your swing yeah so technology is a good thing um i mean but the thing is about it is that you have to there's so much of it you just kind of have to pick and choose <laughs> you know you just kind of have to pick and choose what works for you and what's going to help you um specifically because what might help me technology wise might not help someone else so i mean the biggest thing i look at is um usually the pitchers their tendencies um and just trying to get a better feel for uh what they have and you can i mean you were making the point you'd rather take batting practice outside so you can exactly. you get that feedback of the flight of the ball off the bat not just a machine saying that would have gone exactly. so far in the batting cage exactly i mean they're pretty accurate i mean but at the end of the day nothing the same as hitting outside and seeing the ball fly like it does so <laughs> it's a uh, yeah i'd rather be outside swinging than inside a cage looking at um it's uh, Tiger Talk from Music Town Detroit inside the Hockey Town Cafe. If you're out and about, hey, stop on by today. Come on down here. Wave so, up at us anyway. Yeah, the drive is uh, really, really uh, uh, not bad. There's not snow. <laughs> it's not icy. It's good to come down here. A lot of Tiger players were talking to Christian Stewart, uh, the outfielder. Uh, one of the things you've heard over and over again that about your fielding, and at some point, uh, you know, uh, is there a point where you just sit back and you look at it and you say, hey, and how much better have you gotten at fielding? Because it's one of those things that, I don't know, it, it's like for somebody that's coming up like you, sometimes it kind of like, it almost beats down some guys that they get that criticism. And uh, if you, you've obviously improved enough that they put you in the major leagues. Did you feel good about the way you fielded last year? And talk about how you're working at it. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Comerica is a big park, and so just uh, getting more used to playing at that field and left, and uh, knowing my other outfielders out there. Um, I mean, yeah, working at it every day. I mean, work at every part of your game, trying to get better, try to be the best you can at it, and uh, that's what we keep on doing. Does the technology help you with that? Because you, you can, because that stat cast and all those different things, you know how quickly you're getting to a ball, how quickly you're getting into the relay guy, getting it in, and all those things. Has that helped you? Yeah, we look at that a little bit, but. Uh, it's not the same as actually, um, I don't know, seeing it with your actual eye. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all you have to do is get the ball and get to your guy. So, <laughs> Guard, Guard, How many times did you hear that from Guardy last year? I mean, this is his big thing, obviously. Hit the cutoff, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it all, on that. But, it, but it's, it's for a reason, right? I mean, for him, that's where it all starts, that if you're doing the little things like that, then good defense flows from all those little things. Exactly. Do the little things right. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, you've gotten pretty proficient at getting that ball into the shortstop or whatever and, and out. I yeah, mean. try to get in as quick as possible. And the, the range, uh, gap to gap, you've shown pretty good range doing that. I think uh, that's something that you've done pretty well defensively, it seems. You got, yeah. you got, you're a little bit better athlete than what you were given credit for. Yeah, I've been working on it. I mean, just uh, 
trying to get to the ball as I can and just trying to be quick to it, that first step. Um, quick reaction time right when the ball hits the bat, you're always moving. So, Well, Christian, we enjoyed it. Good luck Thank in the coming guys. season. I appreciate it. He's going to hit more home runs, I promise you. A lot of home runs, a lot of power from Christian Stewart. A lot of patience at the plate for a power hitter. Coming up next, we'll talk to Buck Farmer. This is Tiger Talk from Music Town Detroit inside the Hockey Town Cafe. A 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk, live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. The one-two swing and a miss. He got him as the bat goes flying over the netting. Into the seats, a strikeout of Santana, and another very good inning for Buck Farmers. He strikes out the side. Boy, Buckaroo's got it going. Good job. There you go. Some Buck Farmer highlights right there. I'm sure Buck remembers that. He joins us here on Tiger Talk. Uh, 97 won the ticket inside the Music Town Detroit, inside the Hockey Town Cafe. Welcome, Buck. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, there were a lot of good innings for you last year. Uh, I don't want the Tigers won 47 games, but you were a silver lining in that cloud, uh, your development last year. And it shows you that sometimes it takes a little bit of time to find your niche and your role. It seems like you found your role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's very few guys that just come up here, jump in, and 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 just make an immediate impact and stay up here. I mean, there are guys that do that, but um, like you said, sometimes it just takes a takes a minute to um, you know find your role and find what's comfortable for you and uh, get your feet wet and and just uh, become a mainstay. Hopefully, it was it was impressive because after the trade deadline, you suddenly were bumped into. You'd kind of been in a sixth, seventh inning role, the occasional eighth inning. Now, now you were the eighth inning guy ahead of Joey Menez. That's in terms of relievers. I mean, the progress seventh to eighth inning is almost as big, maybe not quite as big as eighth to ninth. In other words, that's a bigger inning, and you were given it, and that's when you really started to thrive. Absolutely. I mean, when once you start getting you know up into those innings of where you're talking about um, you know keeping a game close, uh, whether it be um, being behind one run or ahead in one run, once you get in those innings, those high leverage innings. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it becomes stressful, but it becomes fun. It becomes fun. <laughs> so you enjoy, and that's really the attitude you have to have, right? Absolutely. You have to embrace the stress or the pressure. Yeah, you come out there and you're stressed, and you're like, "Oh man, I can't, you know, I can't leave this one over the middle of the plate." You know, things start to maybe even go south from there. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be out there at those uh, those times, and uh, you know, just hopefully embrace it. Who helped you with those? Because it is. I don't think everybody can adjust to that or embrace it like you do. Who helped you? learn that mindset or did you feel like you always had that mindset and just needed the opportunity um there was a it's a little bit of both um you always want those opportunities and especially once you succeed one time obviously the confidence comes there you know you succeed twice three times four times all of a sudden i don't want to say you become invincible but i mean you got good stuff you start to feel that way exactly exactly you get the confidence but uh shane green was a huge help in that and i think he was a huge help with uh joe menez too um you know, especially if you come with Shane, when you came out to the bullpen the next day, if you had a tough outing or something, he'd be, you know, he'd come out to you and say, what was that? And <laughs> so it wouldn't you know, be like, like everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you went back out there that night and, and did what you're supposed to do, he'd come into you in the clubhouse and say, you know, that's you. That, that's, that's what I look for in you right there. That's great. So, you know, that having that guy down there, um, to really push, you know, not only myself and Joe, but even some of the younger guys yeah. that came up here and got opportunities, um, you know, it was a huge help. You know, uh, I love that. What was that? <laughs> you know, you're a college Georgia Tech. You're a starter throughout the minor leagues. 
And the game's changed. I mean, the game is shortened now. You know, five, six innings for the starter, one inning at a time. Uh, You've gotten, like, the starter out of you and you embrace this role where, man, we're giving you the ball for an inning and you got pretty nasty stuff. Go out there and give us that inning. Are you happy with that role? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, a lot of people always ask me about, um, you know, what do you prefer or what was, you know, what was tougher. You know, it's just, it's two different beasts right there. Um, When you're a starter, I mean, you know, you got to try to get through six, seven innings. You know, a reliever, you can come out there and just – I don't, I don't want to say let it go because that means, you know, I'm just firing <laughs> stuff all over the, right. you know, all over the world. But um, you can come out there, lock in for one inning and get your job done and be ready to go to the next day. So, you know, you know, your major league debut is one of the coolest debuts ever because people, you came up here. The Tigers are still in contention or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, who's it Buck is a Farmer? great story. Who is exactly. Buck Farmer? Exactly. You know, Two yeah. weeks removed from. <laughs> Low A ball, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, that whole that whole situation for me was, uh, I mean, don't, not only was it special, it was it was uh, it was pretty crazy. You know, I was, uh, I've told this story a hundred times. You know, um, Lance Parrish called me, and I hadn't. We had an off day, and I hadn't gotten off my blow up air mattress in my room, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sitting there. He called me and said, "Hey." You're starting for the Tigers on Wednesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I just, I, you know, I, I just I, I went through the, the list in my mind. I was just like, well, you got this guy in AAA. You got this guy in AAA. You got a couple guys in front of me in AA. And he just must like, mean It's just like, hey, I mean, what, what, what do you mean? Like, I said, you got the right number? He said, no, he said, no I'm pretty sure I got the right number. I said, all right, well, I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> and so. this was what day you were starting Wednesday? What day did he call you? He called me. I think it was Monday, so okay. I got one day to come. I well, <laughs> yeah, it was Monday, so I got one day to come up here and kind of, I guess, go to the stadium, kind of take it all in. But I mean, that was still. <laughs> well, you can contrast that, you know, to what you knew then to what you know now. Can you talk a little bit about like how you've grown? Oh man, it's uh it's been quite the uh, quite the journey as far as growth goes, and. Again, that's I, I think that's where a lot of um, translation and, and expectations get lost when it comes to like fans and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, when you get called up, fans expect, all right, this guy's getting called up for a reason. He's gonna come up here and be a you know an MLB you know a professional pitcher. And while that is true. You know, the game's different here, whether people believe it or not. Um, I mean, you go from playing, again, we were just talking about it, in front of maybe 3,000 fans to my debut was there was 42,000 fans here. Oh, my gosh. That's a huge difference. And then you, then you t- start talking about the people you're playing against. Um, I think the thing I got I got too carried away with in my earlier years was uh, giving a lot of guys too much credit. You know, not and I don't mean that in any any type of bad way. They're you know professional hitters. They're MLB hitters. They're here for a reason as well. But in saying that though, it's like this game's a game of failure. You know, they're gonna fail seven out of ten times. I'll take those odds in Vegas any day. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I think a lot of guys come up here and give the people that they're facing too much credit. And I you know I got a piece of advice. Um, from somebody several years ago and he just told me he was like you know do away with the fear he said 
that person stepping into the box is just a bat with a name. That's all it is. That's so, good. Um, ever since I've kind of adopted that theory, now don't get me wrong. You know, oh you, no, they're you, big you, league hitters. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you got some guys. Uh, you know, we acquired a couple of them. Crone Scope. You got Nelson Cruz, uh, Robinson Cano. You get those guys stepping in the box. It, it's pretty tough to not say, "Wow, this." You know, if Mark McGuire stepped in the box, like, all right, wow, I'm facing Mark McGuire. <laughs> right, right. You know, so um, I think that's the, been the biggest growth is uh, is trusting in myself and what I have and saying that I'm here for a reason as well. You're, you're like the perfect person to be have on the staff right now, truly, as the young kids come up because they need to hear that message. I think of a Brian Garcia. Everybody raves about his stuff, and they're very high on him. And this is a young man who, I mean, you can you can let him know about some of the things that you learned along the way. Absolutely. I mean, and and sometimes even myself, I got to take a step back and be like, all right, well, you know, I gave that guy too much credit last yeah. night. You know, I tried to tried to fool him with something and should have went with something else. But when it comes to guys coming up, um, like you said, Brian Garcia and and even Schreiber and um, David uh, McKay showed McKay, a lot of promise. McKay, um, you know, there's some guys that are in the bullpen that have a lot of promise, but again. I, you know, I can't sit there and know that what their mindset is, but I can obviously give them some some advice. Yeah. And yeah, if I mean, if you get get to a point of where you're scared of who's stepping in the box, stuff I don't think will go fairly well for yeah. you. You know, so because you're because you're pitching on eggshells at that point. It's interesting when you think about it when you when your mindset can flip from, geez, this is Nelson Cruz in the box to okay, this is a guy who's good. But I also know I've got a plan of attack here. And my catcher and I are, have got a plan, and we can execute that plan. I've got the stuff to get him out. Then it, it seems like that's a whole di- – now you're looking at the game a different way, and now the success follows that. Absolutely. Um, and like you mentioned, having a catcher behind the plate that, we, that you trust in is, is, a, huge, is a huge advantage. Um, the guys behind the plate for us last year and even this year when we acquired uh, Romine, you know, those are guys that I've worked with for years – I know Romine um, came from the Yankees. He was a so- very solid catcher there, and it, and I'm looking forward to working with him. But, again, having those guys behind the plate and being confident with them makes the game a whole lot easier. Yeah, Buck, enjoyed the conversation. Good luck this coming yep. season. Thank you. Good job last year. And uh, coming up next, we'll talk to your manager. All right. Ron Gardenhire <laughs> is coming up next on Tiger Talk, a special edition on Saturday from Music Town Detroit inside the Hockey Town Cafe. It's 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk, live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. You were going to give him an opportunity to play shortstop, absolutely, but he's still valuable because he can move all over the place, outfield, infield. And uh, but yeah, I told him at the end of last year that you know, depending on what happens over the winter, you know, you're going to get a good look at shortstop. I know you want to play every day. There's a good opportunity for you to so take advantage of. That's Ron Gardner, Tigers manager, scheduled to uh, join us shortly here on Tiger Talk from the uh, Music Town Detroit in the Hockey Town Cafe. And, uh, you know, Gardy uh, has got a lot of decisions to make with his pitching staff. One of the things to be interested to see how he's going to handle that staff. We just talked to Buck Farmer, and uh, we talked to Christian Stewart, if you're just joining the show. And uh, we also talked to Jordan Zimmerman. And coming up as well today, we'll be talking. I'm going to get on my handy paper because we've got a lot of them. Uh, Al Avila will join us at uh, 11.01, and uh, Michael Fulmer at 11.16, and uh, here on uh, Tiger Talk, the special edition on Saturday, here on 97.1 The Ticket. Here he is, Ron Gardenhire. 
the Tigers manager. They got a nice little setup here for you, Ron. We got Beautiful. the uh, yeah. We're gonna break out the guitars and have you sing some country music. <laughs> Go back to your Oklahoma roots and you know sing a country song like you're in Austin playing for the Texas Longhorns. Again. How about if I just drop a little Louis Armstrong? <laughs> on you? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, you know, the season's coming up. Uh, it's your last year is last year now, and it's a fresh start. And uh, you got a little bit of promise to give you a little bit of uh, ingredients to cook the meal here with crone and uh, shoop. And you got uh, scope, I meant, and I always call them shoop. We'll get, we'll get you there. Yeah, I'll get you me there. And uh, <laughs> Austin Romine and Nova. Uh, these are pretty good additions, all kind of in the prime of their prime, and you know, guys who've been successful. And you know, we'll see. You guys look like on paper a better ball club. Yeah, we should be. Um, you know, barring injuries, I mean, that kind of killed us last year. We ended up really, really young with a lot of injuries, and got to stay healthy. And uh, we've added some people that actually can drive in runs, which we desperately <laughs> needed. You know, we need some guys that can actually in the middle of the lineup to, to you know, knock in some runs and give us opportunities. Yeah. So. And hopefully some of the young kids, you know, have grown a little bit. They'll understand a little bit more, but it's still going to be a learning process. But, we, I mean, as Al and I talk, we have to win games. People need to see some wins around here, and uh, that's really important this year. Your big theme on the caravan, we were on the West bus going to Grand Rapids and then our favorite stop at Frankenmuth on the, on the oh, way back. I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. Poor, Everybody does. Poor chickens. <laughs> <laughs> One of your big themes was, uh, Guardy, the, the idea of competition, that Scope, Crone, they're going to hold down the right side of the infield most days, and that means that other guys are going to be pushed to competition at third, maybe it's short, in the outfield. Talk about the value of that from your perspective to maybe push some of these guys because there's still hope for guys who struggled last year, the youngsters, to maybe still have that breakout season. Yeah, we have to get away from the free ticket. You know, uh, guys just automatic because there's nobody to replace them. We have to get away from those things. And when you start this thing uh, as, you know, what we've been doing from the ground up, um, a lot of times guys are kind of gifted, give, given jobs yeah. because there's really no competition. So one of the big things that Al set out to do and and he did is create competition. And we've been adding people. So, you know, there's going to be competition. They have to be accountable for their games now. And that's important. That's really, really important that we can fill some holes here with some people and there's some jobs that are getting, you're going to have to earn it, which you, is good. How do you balance uh, the need for obviously more offense with need for better defense given that the strength of this organization right now is pitchers coming up who i mean all pitchers need good defense behind them but that's the strength of this organization yeah and and you know that's kind of one of the things that uh we really pumped into it and you know when i work with that other ball club uh is catching the ball getting it out every ball that's hit you know you try to turn two before you get one that doesn't work you just have to get it out every time a ball is put in play and that you have that opportunity. Well, we didn't do that very well last year. At times we were good, uh, and it was not from the lack of trying. They were into it, but trying to be too quick and all those things, we've got to slow the game down, and we have to make sure we get those out so our pitchers aren't out there and adding an extra 25 pitches an inning by us not making plays. So if you're looking at two guys and one guy's a little better defensively, one guy might add a little bit more offensively. I mean, it can be a juggling act and or it can be uh, just maybe a platoon. It could be. I mean, and you know, we're going to see all those options, and that's how it – the great thing about spring training, we're going to get a chance to let them go out there and battle it out, and we'll figure out, you know, what makes our club the best right now. And for development part, you know, is this kid ready to do this? We don't want to hurt him. We don't want to send him back if he actually has had a good spring. 
and you know we'll see what goes but it's also still developing i mean we it's really important that we let these kids that we think are going to help us and be a part of it keep going you know pitching's like where the uh, seed is actually starting to grow here uh kids knocking on the door i mean really high-end uh prospects and you got some pretty good arms actually on your staff right now you're going to have a lot of pitching depth possibly you know you knock on wood about that with the injuries and everything and it made me kind of think, you know, looking at what Tampa's done, what you guys did with Norris later in the year, uh, that maybe it's like, you know, to protect arms, shorter stints for starters, maybe openers, some of those things. Um, the game's changed. They, their, their top pitcher was obviously uh, Morton through 194 innings. Their next guy was 133 innings. Yeah. Um, are you thinking about maybe going in that direction? Have you looked at it? At all? We've talked about it, and, and I think that those will all be decisions made during the course of spring training. We see how they're doing and what it looks like, and you know, of course, like you know, I know Norris. He threw the ball very well, but we put him in a role that he really, I thought he really handled it well, and I thought it was really good for him because he's kind of a max effort pitcher, works really hard to throw every pitch, and you know, those short stints, five innings, four innings, five innings, was really good for him. He learned to pitch. And he learned to use his stuff, and he had plenty of time to do it. So, you know, we had an innings, you know, uh, ending for him last year, a number of innings, and that was kind of where his limit was, and it worked into it really well. Now, to say we're going to do it again, I think we have to see, get the spring training and see how everything's shaking out and how everybody's doing health-wise. Uh, but it really worked out good last year, and I, I, I think it was good for him. He's really grown as a person and a player. So if you've got, I mean, you still like the idea of guys can go six and seven innings, but you've also seen throughout your career, I think of the Baltimore Orioles, Minnesota Twins with Santana, Liriano. Sometimes the first exposure to the major leagues for a young pitcher is out of the bullpen and then transition to starting. Could you envision that with some guys, not necessarily just an opener, but just working out of the bullpen to get used to major league baseball? Well, get them, get their feet wet. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. But, you know, some of the kids that, uh, Toledo is going to be blessed with. Uh, I don't think we'll do it with those guys, but uh, I, I think it could happen. They're being trained to be six, it seven, could, eight inning sure. guys, right? But it could, it could be a, a great situation to just get their feet wet when they come up to the big leagues to do that with them and use them as like a starter and then get them out of there before they, you know, and save their innings, right. save their arms. So you know, all those things will come in, will come into play. We'll talk about that. Be a lot of people talking about it. We want to do the right thing for these guys so they're here for a long time and healthy for a long time, <laughs> not just a short stint. You know, Dan and I, we experienced this. We had Casey Mize on this week. And the fans, they're very excited about the guys that are coming up. It's like uh, college football recruitment. When the guy shows up, uh, you know, it's like, wow, you know, this guy's coming. Um, you know, talk about spring training, how much exposure. Because if Casey Mize is pitching in a spring training game, it's going to be a big deal. If you throw <laughs> Matt Manning out there, it's going to be a school ball. It'll be like school ball's pitching for the big club today. How are you gonna, those guys going to get some time? How are you going to view that? Oh, absolutely. We have split squads early, um, and that's when those guys you know get their action early in camp. Make sure they stay healthy, the whole package, get innings out there. I, I want to see them. I mean, everybody wants to see <laughs> right, them. I'm no right. different than any fan sitting out there. I, I want to see these guys. It's exciting. I like to go watch them throw bullpens, and I've seen them before. I've walked back there. But, you know, to get them out there on the field is is. That's what we got to see. We want to see them because they're going to be a big part of this thing. When we turn this thing and go the right way, and you know this year is going to be a start of it, they're going to be the big part of it. Those guys can really pitch. they got great arms, so keep them healthy. But I want to see them, just like everybody else does. Spring training can be a tough time to evaluate, but this year it seems like spring training is going to be the time to evaluate a lot of these guys. What are some of the filters that you apply, and how do you judge guys knowing that 
they're facing maybe weakened lineups or guys lineups that are not full of any major leaguers. What are some of the things you look at and say, okay, it's not a lineup full of major leaguers, but I see this stuff. Yeah, and I, I just that? want I just want them. You know, when I watch pitching. I, more than anything else, how they handle some of the tough situations. They get in a little trouble. Are they going to back off the mound and their head's spinning? Or are they going to just take it? Okay, I just got to make a pitch here, right? Those are the things that you kind of evaluate on. Are they ready for this? Because it can, it can, even it in can a spring really, training game. Oh, it can spin yeah. right out of right in spring training. So you know that you just see how they handle the play. I, I I watch for pitching more than anything else to pound the strike zone. And when these kids get the ball, I don't want them throwing 103 miles an hour. I want them to pound the strike zone, get early outs, let us catch the ball behind you, and get us off the field. And some of these guys can handle that. I think the guys we're talking about, these guys, <laughs> they're going to be in AAA. I know they can handle it. They can do it. That's why they're that's why they're the top prospects. So uh, that's the important part for me. Pound the strike zone, get the boys back up. I know one thing. We can't give up any runs if we're hitting Right, we may lose a couple of by striking out, but we're not going to give them up. So if we hit more than we're out there in the field, which is is kind of my goal, let's do that. Throw the ball over the plate, get quick outs, get the boys back off the field and hit, and that's what you know we'll see in spring training. Hopefully, Ron, as always, it's great to talk to you, especially on the caravan baseball start in spring training, and uh, good luck this coming season. I appreciate it, and uh, fans, you know, hang with this ball club. We're going to be okay. Ah, coming up next, Al Avila, the Tigers general manager. This is a Tiger Talk, a special edition on Saturday morning from Music Town, Detroit, inside the Hockey Town Cafe. Come on down. A lot of people uh, down here and uh, getting autographs from the players. Great time to meet your uh, Tigers. Coming up next, Al Avila. Tiger Talk, 97 won the ticket. Live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town, Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. Fly ball, deep left field. On Tigers Radio, 97 won the ticket. Hey, we're at Music Town, Detroit, inside the Hockey Town Cafe, Pat Caputo, Double D, Dan Dickerson, a special. Always we have the special show on Saturday uh, when the caravan is uh, coming up, and we're joined now by the man of the caravan, the man on the spot, the general manager of the Detroit Tigers. That's Al Avilo. What's up, Al? How's that offseason going so far? Well, so far I think it's a better offseason. Uh, we've been busy uh, for the most part, and uh, here in the caravan is like the first stop before uh, spring training, so we're all excited. Every offseason is different. It's always interesting to hear how things – go for a general manager putting together the pieces is such and especially where you guys are right now you're looking for those guys who are kind of more the one-year guys how was it this winter as you went into the market in terms of what you wanted to do and whether you were able to execute that well that's a good question you know the difference between this winter and the winter before uh there were players available that we felt that would be better for our team but yet there we were could also uh, uh get them you know or we have a chance to to sign them so, you know, that's why every year, every winter is different depending yeah. on, you know, who's available and uh, at the right time. So, it's, you know, right time, right place. And so for us, we were fortunate enough that, you know, we identified uh, – really, we identified three players uh, pretty, pretty much right away in, in Jonathan Scope and, and C.J. Crone. And, you know, with Austin Romine, he was one of the catchers that we, we did, that we did uh, identify along with, obviously, Alex – um and um and and we were very fortunate to be able to sign all three. You know, it's uh, looked at the uh, signings. I thought they were good signings, so you can hold that to me if I uh, start hammering you on after the games <laughs> about the signings. You thought they were good signings, uh, but I do because uh, Crone, uh, you know, uh, 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 Scope. Uh, did I pronounce it right? You did. You got it. Got it right. And uh, 
Roman, all plus players uh, in the the baseball reference war. You sure. all have your own analytics on it. And uh, Nova is somebody that kind of eats up some innings. Uh, we'll help you with uh, if Gardy wants to go to a shorter rotation, shorter t- stance. There's a guy you can pop in there for starts, or you can pop him in there for a couple innings. He's versatile and durable. So you in for you got a lot of bang for your buck there. I think you know give your uh, team you know a pretty good uh, uh, base there. Uh, having said that, you've got all these kids knocking on the door. You know, Mize man. When we had Casey Mize on Tiger Talk last week, it was a big deal. All right. Uh, how are you going to balance that? And am I going to be on there after the game's going, Al, you got to get these guys up. <laughs> well, we know that's, Joey that's, we know that's, that's been your history. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I expect that, believe me. In what, sometime in late April, late probably. Late April, yeah. My throw's a good game. Get them up, Al. <laughs> that's funny because I remember even back in the day with you know, Mr. I, he, was, he would always call up, when are we bringing that guy up? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you, you know what it's like? I mean, the anticipation, because th- these guys aren't, you know, sometimes the ratings are not, if anything, they're underrated by Baseball America, especially the big three there. Uh, Scooble, I don't think people realize how electric that stuff is. Yeah, I, I think uh, if there's anybody uh, really underrated, it is Scooble. And then, of course, that's because last year was his breakout year and, um, and nobody knew him uh, until then. So, But I, I think as, actually as time goes by, then you know everybody will get more familiar with these guys so one of the you know everybody said what what's what's going to what's going to be fun about 2020 what's what's excites you well there's a lot of things you know obviously the guys that we just signed we know they're going to make the team better right away you know uh, i'm excited to see what nico goodrum can do at shortstop yeah, and, and and giving and getting more regular at bats okay um you know and quite frankly we're talking about the outfield um we're going to we're going to have these guys compete for jobs you know, and at the end of the day, uh, I, I've always said, you know, uh, wherever we don't don't grow a, a guy from from you know from from the minor leagues, we're gonna, we're gonna have to just go out there and sign free agents. So, mm-hmm. but we, we need to see what we got. It, it's we haven't given these guys enough at bats. We haven't given these guys enough chance to see what they can do. And even at the AAA level, you know, we need to give guys more time there too. So um, now, and saying that, so. The, the team looks to be better at the major league level going into 2020, and there's a lot of excitement from the guys going from Erie to Toledo to see, you know, to hopefully they can come up to, you know, get a good start, stay healthy, and then you'll see a trickle coming up through the season at some point. It's worth reviewing for the fans, and you've talked about this before in the case of, say, a Joey Menez, who came up writing, I want to say, 16 innings of scoreless work. And he'd earned that chance to come up, but you guys kind of knew that he still didn't maybe have enough in his repertoire to get major league hitters out right. consistently. Talk about some of the things as you as the season goes along. Let's say those guys put up good numbers, and or three or four of those guys are putting up good numbers. The things that you as an organization are weighing and talking about before you bring a guy up. Well, obviously, you know you want consistency. You know the difference between a major league player and a minor league player is consistency day in and day out. You know, even here last year at the major league level, we saw some pretty good performances, but in, in patches, yeah. you know, not consistent. You know, there was, there was days you look out there, you go, man, these, that guy's pretty darn good. Or, you know, hey, this team is not that bad. But could, they didn't do it consistently. So that's the difference. Okay, so now, now what we have to figure out is, okay, is that just because there's not enough talent or not enough time, not enough at bats, not enough innings pitched. Okay, and that's where the evaluation comes in 
day to day. So you have your player development staff go through there and work with these guys. You have eyes on them from you know your special assistants to your scouts, and then you have the analytics that are you know they scrutinize every number, okay, and then we know through through the numbers, okay, you know below league average, above league average on almost every oh, actually on every stat that you could imagine. Right. So you put all that together, and then you mm-hmm. make your decisions. What about? Uh uh, when you're uh, dealing with a Fulmer's recovery, and also where's Franklin Perez's recovery at this point? Franklin Perez is doing very well. Uh, unfortunately, he had to go back to Venezuela uh, this past week uh, to get his visa. And as soon as he gets that, I'm, we're hoping that that process and, and it's and it's not a very easy process in Venezuela these days. But we're hoping that he gets that done by next week so we can get back in, back in Lakeland. He's been in Lakeland. Uh, we've take we've taken him to the Florida Baseball Ranch. Um, and right now the progress is really, really positive. We're, we're, uh, we're really happy with it so far. And, uh, so once spring training starts, you know, we're really, what's exactly his injury and where is he at? Well, the, you know, the injury is, is in the, in the shoulder area in the back. And, um, and right now really quickly it's, it's healed. And so it's a matter of, you know, strengthening it. Uh, and making sure that you know he doesn't he doesn't fall back to that to to what he had. So uh, it's just a matter now of of gaining gaining strength and then you know maintaining. So at this point though uh, he, he's right where we want him, and uh, we anticipate that come spring training he'll be ready to go and uh, hopefully he'll start the season and with one of our teams. And Fulmer, what's the timetable you have for him? Fulmer's a little bit longer, obviously. The, the Tommy John is gonna you know the the, the timetable is more towards July. Uh, could, I couldn't give you an exact date, but you know, if we say in general mid-July sometime would be, uh, I, I wouldn't say it would be overly optimistic at all. It would be pretty much what the doctors are saying. And you're talking about getting on a getting being on a rehab assignment on actually, his way to the major a- leagues, actually pitching on a mound, yes, yeah. in a game, yeah. yeah, in a game, and then X number of weeks, and then hopefully he can join the Tigers. That's right. Sometime soon after that. That's right. If he feels good. We we talked a lot about the pitching side. Obviously, that's where the strength lies. You've made the point that hey, we need an impact bat in this organization. And of the guys who are here who are, hold promise, and that we have seen, who maybe haven't yet performed at the level that they might at the major league level, who are some of the guys that you still hold out that hope? Whether it's a Jamer Candelario or a Kristen Stewart or a Willie Castro, who we've only seen for a few at bats, or a Dawell Lugo. And Isaac Paredes are the guys that think okay, they haven't maybe gotten there yet, but I still think this guy can make it or these guys can make it yeah well at the major league level obviously you know candelario was the biggest disappointment last year the year before he hits 19 home runs he hits almost 300 and 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 really from as an industry from the industry not only from us in, internally but from the industry everybody thought hey, this guy's going to be a pretty good everyday player there's a lot to like about his yeah, game yeah and then last year obviously you know he, he did suffer some injuries and sometimes you know the to, to the wrist, you know the areas to the wrist where he was sore. Uh, sometimes that really takes a toll on you. But uh, and I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. But he just had a he had a bad year, and um, so you know we're looking for him to come back and compete for a job this time. And the competition um, will be good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And and we feel that he's going to come through. I mean, we th- we think he's he's talented. Uh, he's still young enough to you know come through there. Dow Lugo hasn't really, I don't believe, has had enough at-bats at the major league level to make a full determination. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't wait forever, and, and that, that, that competition is going to be good for both of them. That doesn't mean they both can't make the team because now, they're, you know, you can carry 26 guys now. Yeah. And so there's a possibility you, you can. And, and Lugo's played second base before, and 
he, he, I mean, when he came up, he came up as a shortstop. So, you know, we know he can probably play around a little bit. Kind of like, you know, we already know he can play first and third. So, um, you know, that competition is going to be good. Obviously, in the outfield, Christian Stewart, you know, last year, uh, you know, didn't have a good year either. And, and But the thing is, if you look at his minor league career, he's been very consistent throughout his minor league career. So it tells you that, you know, given time, given the at-bats, he should come back to form and be the kind of player that he, that he showed his, throughout his whole career. So that's what we think. Um, you know, obviously, Jacoby Jones is, you know, in the same, in, same thing, you know, last year. You saw some good spurts of, you know, really good performance, and all of a sudden he gets hurt. And so that, you know, that retards or, 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 or delays his, his development. So hopefully he can come back, stay healthy, and, and show us, you know, something good. Uh, Al, enjoyed it. Uh, good luck the coming season, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, coming up next, Michael Fulmer. This is uh, Tiger Talk from Music Town, Detroit. Special edition Inside Hockey Town Cafe. Come on by. They're doing autographs, everything. Weather's not too bad that you can't get down there. 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk, live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. No, it's like I said, it's all business. Obviously, I would have liked if we would have won and um, helped out our, ourselves and in the market, but um, ultimately, it's, it was an arbitrator's decision and there's no hard feelings or anything like that. Hey, Tiger Talk rolls on here from Music Town Detroit inside the Hockey Town Cafe. Back Caputo, Double D, Dan Dickerson, and uh, we're going to be joined shortly by Tigers pitcher Michael Fulmer, uh, who's uh, coming off Tommy John surgery. Looks like he's in absolutely great shape. Everybody says that. You look like you were in great shape last year when you popped into the clubhouse late in the year. You've uh, worked on uh, conditioning. You obviously have uh, spent a lot of time as positively as you can in trying to make a a tough situation as good as possible, it looks like. Yeah, I've been, uh, been down in Lakeland since November, uh, on and off a little bit, but just getting committed to um, kind of making the knee feel better, too, all year. Uh, obviously, in spring training, I think that's why my arm wasn't any good because I couldn't use my lower half as well, and I think I'm trying to lose the weight, save a little load on that knee. So the, the, describe that process because, first of all, there's drudgery involved in Tommy John recovery, isn't there? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Did you talk to some guys about, okay, I know there are going to be some boring days and it's going to be tedious, but uh, I, it, going in mentally prepared had to help a little bit. Yeah, but uh, luckily I've got a wife and a, uh, a nine-month-old son at home now who uh, definitely kept me busy all year. <laughs> so I think my wife was kind of getting tired of me. This is the first year we've actually – stayed together all year usually yeah. we're on the road for half the half a season anyway so uh she about ready to throw me out anyway <laughs> yeah, but you had a little guy your little guy was just a, what a couple months old when you had the surgery right yeah he was uh well i had the surgery and he was born a month later oh a month later that's yeah, right so okay. there's pictures of me in my arm brace and me holding him <laughs> in my left hand in the hospital so that was fun <laughs> you know the one thing about it uh you know there's a high recovery rate for it i mean i would imagine that makes you optimistic and the other thing too is you know you are somebody that uh, really has, uh, I don't know, it together. You, you've always had perspective about the game. Uh, was that perspective tested here? And how optimistic are you? And how soon do you actually expect? Al, we asked Al Vila about it. He said July, maybe. Uh, is that what you're kind of shooting for? Yeah, that's my goal. You know, they told me uh, the Tommy John would be a 14 to 16 month rehab process before I had the surgery. That's a long time. And obviously, I've gotten most of it out of the way here, but. Uh, the hard parts yet to come. I haven't been off the mound yet. I'm getting there uh, in this spring training sometime, which will be – I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, 
July is is kind of my goal. It has been my goal, but anything I can do to kind of push up a little bit. Um, everything's feeling great. Going out to 120 feet starting uh, on Monday, so playing catch at 90 right now. Kind of throwing a little uh, flat ground at 60 feet sometimes, and uh, everything's balls coming out good, feeling great. So well, I can't. You, you I can't got ask that anymore. visualization of what you threw like before. I would imagine you're just dying to think what it's going to be like to throw it again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm definitely anxious, but. You know, watch. I've watched a ton of video and, and seeing how I threw back in 2016 and the stress I put on my knee, um, which put the stress on my arm eventually, it was unhealthy. And we've kind of committed this time for me playing catch since November to try to clean up those lower body mechanics and upper body mechanics and try to be a little more effortless uh, while pitching kind of lasts a little longer longevity-wise. Let's talk about that knee in terms of you believe, I mean, it's been a couple of meniscus, right, mm-hmm. surgeries. Uh which are not obviously as invasive as others, but talk about it. So last year you were trying to, your, your motion was different. You were trying to adjust to that knee, which wasn't as strong as it needed to be. You had a leg brace. What are some of the things you can do to, in other words, when you come back, do you feel like you've got it to the point where you're not going to be worrying about that right knee anymore? Yeah, I think, uh, I think weight loss has, has been kind of a big help for it right now. And then we've, uh, our new assistant strength coach, Matt Rosenhammer, and I down in Lakeland have been on a stretching routine, flexibility routine every single morning. Uh, and I feel a lot better because of that, which will help me open up my hips a lot more and kind of turn my back leg over instead of driving off my heel and basically putting my knee in that awkward position again. So it's torquing you. Your knee was kind of torquing, right, as you turn. Yes, it was kind of, kind of bowing in a little bit. But now I can generate more power, more flexibility for my hips and let my hips do more, more of the work. So you can work on that motion right now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then before you get off a mountain throwing. Yes. So that's good. But that's huge. I mean, it just seemed like because that was such an issue last spring, that's going to be huge. that You've got that hopefully taken care of. And now you can just concentrate on getting that arm ready. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what this progression leads toward when I'm on the mound. Uh, you got a lot of younger teammates now. You know, you might be a very different pitching staff than the one the last time you threw. Uh, talk about uh, this process and how you can maybe can provide some leadership for them as they move forward. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of young guys. Um, obviously, I wasn't here last year, but I'm kind of meeting some of them for the first time this week. Um, but you talk about the young pitchers, you know, Mize, Manning, Burroughs, Funkhauser, uh, those guys like that. They're I've, I've seen them in spring training. I've seen them down in the minor leagues a little bit. Um, the biggest thing about them is they come up and ask questions, and that's all I did when I was a rookie. I went up to Verlander. I went up to Victor Martinez, Jordan Zimmerman, Mike Pelfrey, those guys, and they answered all my questions. And I, that's my advice to those young pitchers is come up to anybody, ask questions. Me personally, I'm an open book. I'll tell you anything you want to know, whether you want to hear it or not, whether you like it or not, if it goes in one ear and out the other, it doesn't matter. But as long as you're asking those questions, there's no stupid questions with that. Right. So they do a great job of, of trying to learn the game of baseball, trying to learn mechanics, trying to learn pitching and just the thought process of the game. Yeah, and it's, it really could be almost any topic, right, mm-hmm. in terms of whether it's the, this pitch I should throw in this situation or just life in the big leagues. Absolutely. Yeah, you, uh, you, your pitch menu, so to speak, you know, you got the fastball. You, the last year you pitched, you, you didn't have a lot of success compared to what you had before, but your velocity was in the top five among starting pitchers. Uh, you got the slider and the changeup. I mean, you got three pitches. Is there anything that you have to change with that, the slider, because it puts a lot of pressure on your elbow, uh, things like that, that maybe you might throw it less or something because of this uh, Tommy John? No, not necessarily. I think it's not a certain pitch type. It's just the way. It's about the lower body mechanics. Lower body and then upper body, too. We're trying to get the arm to come up a little quicker. 
uh, and B, kind of stay on top of the ball. But as far as like pitch grips, pitch types, none of that will change. I just got to go from a different angle now. Yeah, because yeah, I talked to scouts when they acquired you, you know, that saw you pitch uh, at Binghampton. That's where you were pitching uh, at the time you were acquired from the Mets. Uh, they told me that uh, you had a, a, a violent motion, you know, that, and you've heard that a lot. I think might have kept you out of the first round where your buddies Bundy and uh, Bradley got drafted in the first round from Oklahoma. But it, 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 I couldn't tell because, you know, we're not trained, you know, in the media to, to look at it. But do you, do you understand the subtleties of that now? And do you understand what they were saying? And is that something that you're working on now? Yeah, you got to understand back in AA, I felt like I was just a kid trying to make the big leagues. Everybody's trying to make their dream, right? I don't care how I pitched. I don't care how long I lasted <laughs> in games. I don't care how long my career is going to be at that time. I just want to get to the big leagues. So if you get outs, uh, it doesn't matter how you, how you do it. You know, be throwing 80 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. As long as you get outs, you're getting outs, no matter how violent your delivery is. There's guys that in the past that had quote-unquote perfect mechanics that are out of the game in five years. Right. And there's guys that are funky, you know, that put stress all over their bodies, and they've never been hurt in their 14, 15-year career. Because they've learned how to pitch with those mechanics. Exactly. It's, everybody's different. Whether you have a violent delivery, less effort, you know, obviously you, when you do have a violent delivery, you're kind of putting more risk on yourself, but sometimes it just works, and you never know that until you get out there and do it. I remember Rich Doobie said you could almost look at because you do hear that a lot. This guy's got a violent Max Scherzer when the Tigers yeah, but got you know, him. like when you, you we're old enough, Dan and I, we grew up. We saw guys with really funky deliveries back in the day. You probably seen some of those uh, mm-hmm. greeny videos or whatever. I didn't notice yours being that bad, to be honest with you. But again, we're not trained like a pitching coach, you know. Well, I never thought it was that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rich Doobie's point was, you can almost point to anybody and say there's a flaw in his delivery that could lead to injury. But your body either adjusts, and or there are certain things that you're doing in your motion that are the things that you need to do to keep an arm healthy. It's, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, you, you you grew up throwing a certain way. You know, it's what got you to the big leagues, right? Why change it unless yeah. you have to? I, I, now I have to change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. So. But anyway, uh, you know, when you, you look at this coming season and the, the opportunity to pitch maybe later in the season, uh, at that point, you know, it's just about getting back on the mound and getting right. And is it kind of pushing toward uh, 2021 a little bit, you know, where you're 100%, you're full go, and that's you're Michael Fulmer again. The guy was a rookie of the year and all-star. I'm hoping for a 2020 playoff push when I come back. <laughs> we, uh, but it, it'll, it'll be good for me mentally uh, just to be able to get back out there and hopefully have a few good months uh, at the end of the season. So, but anyway, Michael, we enjoyed it. Uh, good luck in the coming season, and uh, thanks for stopping on by. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Michael. Coming up next, we'll talk to John Schreiber, the local kid. This is Tiger Talk. Uh, 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk, live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. Yeah, and the worst part was going out there because I was hearing it from people uh, taking him out. But he got ground balls. That's the crazy thing. He gave a homer, I think, and a double. But he was getting ground balls, and the shift kind of beat us tonight. Uh, you know, and maybe that's something we'll adjust. Uh, um, you know, we'll look at it and go over all that stuff. That was Ron Gardenhire. We're at Music Town Detroit inside the Hockey Town Cafe. Uh, Tiger Talk rolls on. And uh, we're joined by a great story. A uh, local story, a kid who grew up, uh, I think it's downriver. They would say downriver. Wine dot. It's about as downriver as you <laughs> can get. Gibraltar High School, right? Yeah, yeah, Carlson. Carlson High School in Gibraltar. And uh, Pitts at Henry Ford Community College. And uh, that's John Schreiber. What's up, buddy? 
<laughs> Doing good. How are you? Uh, you know, it's it's great. Uh, you know that uh, your story and the local kid does it. The Tigers have a long tradition of, you know, players from this area. Bill Freehand grew up in Royal Oak. Willie Horton, obviously from Detroit. Uh, player after Ron Lafleur. You know, these are guys. You know, from back in the day, we haven't seen quite as many here in recent years. And the fact that you pitched for the Tigers, you know, it's quite a big deal to have a one of the local kids. You yeah, know, uh, do it was that. awesome. It's awesome being here, and you know, it's just so surreal uh, being able to come up with the Tigers and get drafted by the Tigers. So it's just been an awesome journey. So, yeah, and it also shows that the long shot can make it because your background, you know, just. You weren't drafted. What are you throwing like in the you know eighties or so in the high school and all that? Yeah, high school didn't throw that hard. You know, uh, you know, just throughout my whole career, just try to keep my head down and you know just work hard. So it's amazing if you if you continue to get outs and continue to put up good numbers, you get noticed, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, just try to play as hard as I could and you know just try and get outs like you said. So that was the biggest part for and, me. You and know. in college was when you started to drop down a little bit more. Yeah, just like over the years, progressively, my arm just kept on getting lower and lower. And, you know, uh, once I got drafted and go, go, went through uh, rookie ball, you know, that's when I started just like got that main slot for my arm. So You went from double A to triple A to the major leagues. And people should know, I mean, they may look at your, your total numbers and, and see one thing, but your final seven games, seven and two-thirds innings, one walk, 12 strikeouts, it seemed like you – after a few outings where there's some ups and downs, you really kind of settled in, and that, that strong finish had to fire you up a little bit. Yeah, it was – I mean, it definitely fired me up. Uh, you know, every level that I got to, I had two or three weeks that I struggled pretty bad. Um, but, you know, once I got adjusted and, you know, calmed down, you know, um, that's when I started to really buckle down and find out what I needed to do um, at each level to try and get out, you know, so – what was the biggest thing or what did you figure out the most at the major league level to have that strong finish? Um, just like every level, there's like you got to command certain pitches um, in certain counts. So, I mean, once I got to the big leagues, um, you know, just really had to focus on putting the pitch where catcher wanted to put it and, you know, find their weak, where we go over their uh, weak spots and all that kind of stuff. So just really make sure we hit those spots. You know, baseball traditions, they've always had sidearm guys, guys who throw from down under a little bit. and They've had guys that threw from way down under. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit, though, about the way it's changed a little bit is you have to get some lefties out, too. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, part of what you got to do. And is there a way to do that throwing from the arm angle that you do? Um, actually, um, when I was in West Michigan, that was what we talked about, you know, uh, with pitching coordinators and, you know, all those guys and, uh, we talked about trying to figure out for me to be more effective against lefties because lefties always get a better look yeah, they at the, see the ball better coming from that angle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I just really tried to work on my changeup a lot, and it took me a while. So I finally found it um, last year when I was in Toledo. Uh, Juan Nieves uh, really helped me out with that, and uh, you know I'm still still trying to get it going, and it's been helping me out a lot. But it, I'm really excited for it uh, this year because. Uh, it's going to be more in tune this year, I think. So, so that's that's your huge weapon against lefties. I think so. Yeah. That's going to that's going to be the huge one, and then uh, backdoor slider and backfoot slider, and I'm uh, you know still trying to get that two seam down really good. Yeah, because so. you think of the slider as a pitch to get lefties out, but now that they have to think about two different movements at that same yeah. speed, yeah. that that's when you can now start to do some things against lefties. Yep. 
You know, there, there's a lot of like uh, new technology, different things in the game, spin rate, all those things. Given what you do, which is a unique thing, do you worry about spin rate? Do you worry about, you know, because you did, as Dan pointed out, did get strikeouts, which back in the day, a guy like you would come in and he would, they would say, he's going to get a grounder. Right, great. Yeah, right. They don't want you to get a grounder anymore. They want you, <laughs> unless it's a double play situation. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's a specific situation. All those different things that go into it, how have you adjusted to it? Um, I haven't really, um, you know, spin rate and all that wasn't really important for me uh, going through the system. You know, uh, getting outs was the biggest thing for me, <laughs> and I didn't want to worry about that because I wanted to focus on commanding my pitches more than yeah. all that kind of velocity and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'd rather go for command than velocity. So, um, you know, that's just kind of been my mindset with that. And, uh Another thing that's been helping me out is just elevating fastballs more because I've been seeing hitters been struggling a lot with that, <clears throat> a lot with that. So, and it's funny because some people say, "Well, he doesn't throw hard enough to elevate," but that's not the case, is it? I mean, if you if you can, if you can execute a, execute an elevated fastball right. in the right spot, then it's it's going to be very successful against hitters. Well, yeah, I would yeah. imagine, especially if you're throwing from a little bit down yeah. under. You know, I don't know. No ball rises. It only looks Except like... Except if yeah. you throw from here. Gravity, yeah, it'll rise for a bit. Gravity eventually pulls it down. I don't know if people realize that after 60 feet. If it stays straight, though, it looks it has that effect to the hitter. You know, like yeah. you, you, can't, you can't barrel it or center it. You know? mm-hmm. So it's a unique... Uh, uh, situation for you. What, what's your goal this year? Uh, making the, I would imagine, spring training is huge for you. Yeah, it's it's a big thing for me. Um, you know, I, I'm telling myself a lot this uh, this off season and coming into spring training. Uh, you know, I'm just going to try and play as hard as I can. If I make the team, I make the team. If I don't, I'm excited to play baseball either way. You know, I'm just ready to compete. I love competing out there. Um, love hanging out with my teammates wherever I'm at. So I'm just really excited for this season. So You know, the one thing about you that's different than anybody else is that on your way down to Toledo, if, you, if you're if you on the shuttle back and forth, you only stop home for dinner. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yep. just, uh, you know, it's just the journey right off of there. Yeah, it's been – last year was awesome. Yeah, just, <laughs> just went home. Told, my mom already had the meal cooked. And just, yeah, home don't cooked let, meal. Don't, don't, lasagna, don't, yeah. don't emphasize that to Alan Gardy because they might put you on that shuttle a little bit more than others. It's, like, yeah. it's okay. You can just go home. <laughs> so, but, you know, this year, uh, you know, you mentioned like a lot of the – Pitchers, I just talking to you there for a second. Yeah, you you come up with a lot of these guys. You you Mize Manning. These guys are your teammates and everything. How that Erie team built kind of a special chemistry, and it seems like the the players of your time coming through the system have built the chemistry together. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we've. I mean, it's we've just been so lucky. Uh, you know, sixteen draft, seventeen uh, seventeen draft. I mean, we've just been lucky enough that we've all been together. You know, throughout the years, because you know everybody with baseball, everybody moves wherever, and you know. Well, the goal is to happens. move ahead, not necessary. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like we're we're all really good friends, so it's just awesome, uh, you know, to be around everybody that we've been together for three, four years, you know. So it's just awesome to play with those guys, you know, because so, we all have a really good chemistry, and it's just exciting to see all my friends and you know everybody else come up through the system, and uh, you know, hopefully. And when you're there. talented and close, and then there's a competitiveness that all of you have, right? It seems like there's a good competitiveness that everybody oh, yeah, for sure. pushes each other. Yeah, we're all rooting for each other, <laughs> you know, so. But you think Mize and Manning, they're very close in terms of, I think they room together. I mean, mm-hmm. it, but they push each other, right? I mean, yeah. and, and in a good way. Yeah, we very, all push each other yeah. in a good way. 
And it's, so. a, it's a unique situation because there aren't, like you said, there aren't a lot of times when a core comes up together and there's, there's a really nice core at Erie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. seemed like uh, there was some bad. You were there for a while and then in Toledo, but there were some younger players uh, in Toledo as well. And uh, this year it'll be, you know, if you're in the major leagues, which I hope you are, you know, good luck to you. But if you're back in Toledo, you'll be back with some guys that could be coming up together and you could be uh, one of them. Well, it, it looks like the uh, future. You know, it looks pretty bright for uh, for you and uh, the Tigers in that regard. So, I sure does. It. Yeah, it yeah. does. Appreciate it, John. So. Good luck to you in the coming season. Always good to see a Thank local boy much. do well. Thank you. Tiger Talk will roll on. Coming up next, the final segment. We'll be joined by catcher Grayson Griner. This is 97.1 The Ticket. Tiger Talk, live from Music Town, Detroit, inside Hockey Town. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. There goes Polanco, pitches high, third on to second base, and they got him easily. Another strong throw from Griner cuts down Polanco easily at second base. Quick release right on the money, you're out. Yo, one catcher commenting on another, Jim Price, <laughs> talking about Grayson Griner. Uh, Grayson Griner, catcher for the Tigers, joins us now. And uh, Grayson, last year we talked to you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, you were going into this experience. You were getting an opportunity. You got that opportunity. What did you learn from it? And what's gonna? What are you expecting this year? I learned that it's it's very hard up here. <laughs> um, I, I had an up and down year. Um, had an injury, but um, it's you're always learning at this level. At every level, you're learning, but especially at this level, learning how to compete day in and day out. Um, very very few people come up here and light the world on fire so so everyone kind of has to go through it and um i got my taste last year didn't do as well with the opportunity i was presented as i as i would hope but um i try to always be a positive person and and you know look at the glass half full and say i learned some things and um got healthy this off season you know worked my tail off and gonna try and you know contribute any way i can this year and um you know build off of it I think Alavila used the word overwhelming sometimes. It can be sometimes for a young catcher, yeah. more than any other position, because of all you are required to do. Yeah. And he, he said it can be overwhelming sometimes. He felt like maybe that was the case with you. But it just, I mean, just describe for fans all the things that were on your plate as the season went on. Yeah, um, we, it's a full day of work when we get to the field, um, you know, 7 o'clock game, getting there about noon, um, doing a couple hours of scouting reports and meeting with the pitcher, meeting with the pitching coach. Um, I, a, lot of, a lot of people on the outside look at offensive numbers, and, um, you know, obviously I, I struggled a little bit in that category last year, but uh, I, I did feel like I made, made strides as far as working with the pitching staff. Uh, I felt good behind the plate um, catching, and um, I've, I've been telling people a long time that that's my number one goal is to, is to have a clean game back there and um, call as good of a game as I can uh, for our pitchers. I, the, the thing I care about the most is winning baseball games and um, you know calling a good game for the guys out there on the mound because they're they're the most important guys to to winning baseball games. And putting together a game plan, like you said, can take a couple hours. But that's what the Tigers want you to do, right? They don't want you to just say, "All right, here's the game plan from the pitching coach or yeah. from you know the, the guys who are doing the analytics." You, they want you to put that game plan together, and then you work collaboratively to kind of fine-tune it yeah that's kind of another thing I, I tried to learn last year is I kind of had to step out of my shell a little bit I was a rookie catcher catching Jordan Zimmerman who hit 10 years of service time and Boyd who had a great year struck up struck a bunch of people out and uh, older guys and um, I kind of had to step out of my shell a little bit and uh, tell them how I felt about attacking a certain guy as opposed to just going with the flow and obviously at the end of the day I'm gonna let them throw what sure. they want to throw but um, if I really had some conviction about something just based off studying, uh, I had to 
I had to do something I normally don't do and, and kind of put my foot down. So um, that was it's all it's all a learning process, and uh, hopefully I'm I'm blessed enough to play this game a long time and can continue to keep learning. Well, you got competition now. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they signed Austin Romine, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a veteran catcher here. Yeah. Uh, you got Jake Rogers, who's considered a, a highly regarded prospect. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in that mix, and how are you approaching this moving forward? I'm excited to learn from Austin. Um, he's obviously he's called a long time for one of the premier organizations in baseball. Got a, called a lot of great great pitchers, and I'm very excited to learn from him. Um, I, I try not to look at you know where I stack up or anything. I just try and come in every day, put my head down, and, and go to work and, and enjoy playing this game and, and being a good teammate. So um, I, I try not to think you know oh I, I might get sent down. I, I am I the starter? Am I the backup? I just I just show up, work, and um, trust the coaching staff, trust trust everybody that they're going to do what's best for the Detroit Tigers, and um, I can I can put my my head on my pillow at night and know I worked hard, and yeah. whatever shakes out shakes out. So you know, uh, Matthew Boyd, he struck out all these hitters last year. He doesn't throw that hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gotten like way better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, why is he progressed like that? What makes him so difficult for these hitters at center? He works so hard. Uh, Boyd does. He's He's like in in the media. He seems like this, you know, quiet. But he he's a he's a warrior in the weight room and his his routine. He really gets after it, and he studies as hard as anybody. Um, you know, starting pitchers I only throw every five days, but Boyd's he's he's talking to me on my off days when he's not pitching about how he's going to attack a guy four days from now. <laughs> he'll uh, he'll say this is who's going to be in the lineup. And this is how we're going to attack them. I'm like, boy, do you don't wow. throw for four more days? I'm not going to remember this. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, we'll talk about it again. But, I mean, I can remember he he told me we were about to face the Royals. He goes, all right, Whit Merrifield, we're going to go two seam down way first pitch, then we're going to back. I mean, I was like, this is four days. So that's just how Boyd's wired, which is why he's he's a great pitcher, and he's uh, I think he's only beginning to scratch the surface of his potential. Um, he he really takes care of his body, eats well, and I think his velocity. Uh, I, I always thought he was kind of a high eighties, low nineties guy. When the, when the weather warms up, he can get up there in the mid nineties and really blow yeah. blow by. He did. People. He did throw. A he started bit harder. some games out ninety four, ninety five. You're like, wow. Yeah. That that's another element. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about your offense a little bit because uh, you even felt like maybe the the injury, uh, and you said quite candidly the injury didn't. I think it was wrist injury, right? Last year, yeah. Oh, uh, back, back, lower back. You said it was not. It was not the reason you were struggling at the plate. You felt like maybe that break mentally mm-hmm. was good for you. You came back in September, hit three twenty and fifty three at bats, mm-hmm. and everybody was really saying, "Wow, this, this is a different looking Grayson Griner." Talk about how much that helped you going into the off season. Yeah, uh, 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 people in the media asked if if my back had any. I didn't want to use that as a crutch for. I just wasn't. I wasn't performing, and um, I had a two month break. And uh, really, you know, Guardy tapped me down when they put me on the IL. He said, "This this could be a blessing for you. Get a little mental break because I, I was really snowballing there in the middle of the year because it was over for four, over for four, over yeah. four, and it's tough. But um, I had a mental break, got my back healthy." Um, and made some swing changes and some approach changes uh, when I was when I got sent down to Toledo. Doug Minkavich and Mike Hessman were really, you know, they they were successful hitters and they kind of we watched some film and looked at some things that I could be doing better. And then when I got back up to Detroit, Lloyd um, did a great job with harnessing those things and kind of just simplifying it. Yeah. Um, it really is. It's it's the hardest thing to do in sports, but there are some things that are very simple. Don't swing at balls. 
get a good pitch to hit and try and put a good swing on it. All this, uh, you know, we didn't talk about launch angle. We didn't talk about exit velocity. I was just trying to get a good pitch to hit, hit the ball where it's pitched and, um, you know, not get myself out. And um, I tried to simplify as much as I could. Ended up having a good September and um, get a little momentum going into this year, um, you know, with my offseason workouts and hitting programs and um, going to try and build on that going into this year. Nice to be rewarded for all the changes that you made and see yeah. the success at the major league level. Yeah, it was nice to get over over the Mendoza line after, <laughs> after where I was sitting in the middle of the summer. So, Well, every couple times you popped the ball out of the ballpark, you mm-hmm. know, and people saw a little bit of that power. You bigger, you know, so uh, you're not, you know, it's not like you can't hit the ball. Yeah. Far. And that, that, those couple home runs were fairly you know, prestigious shots. They weren't, you know, like, hey, you know, he just, uh, there was pain on the ball because he just barely got over the fence. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I would assume that, that you had enough success in a certain way that you have confidence that you could moving forward. Yeah, I, I've uh, always believed I could play this game at the highest level. It's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, there would be spurts there where I, you know, got get hit the ball hard off some of the best pitches in this game. So it's not... It's not about if I can do it, it's just a matter of doing it on a consistent basis. And everybody that, that's played this game, you know, guys that are retired now that I've talked to have always said it's not about getting to the big leagues, it's about staying. And the, the main way to do that is to be consistent day in and day out with your approach, with your mechanics. And that's, you know, as a guy that's doing it for the first time last year, your mind can really play tricks on you and you start moving way too fast. So, um you just got to try and come to the park every day and be consistent and um, have the confidence that you can do it day in and day out. Yeah, it's not uh, it's difficult. There's a reason major league players are major league players. You know, yeah. you get a, especially if you're a catcher, I would imagine. You know, you, you still got to focus in on the offensive side of the game. Fans, they if you're hitting below 200, they they notice. Oh yeah, yeah. No, even if you're trust me, oh, yeah. if you're not, uh, even if you're doing your job properly as a catcher. Yeah, uh, I forget. I was really young. Somebody told me the best catchers are the ones that nobody even notices. Kind of like umpires, and that's kind of what I try and do back there. I won't. I won't do anything too crazy, but I try not to ever let the ball get by me, and I try and call a good game or receive the ball. So I try and go unnoticed back there. And like you said, sometimes the fans and stuff, they see, they look up on the scoreboard and see batting average, home runs, RBIs, and um, sometimes that, that tells the story, sometimes it doesn't. Well, so. I'll tell you, if you actually watch the game, you're impossible not to notice because you're like the world's tallest catcher. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a, probably the first question you'd ask. Hey, yeah, you're a six-foot-six six catcher. <laughs> I get that a lot. A lot. Yeah. So, a lot. you know. I mean, you know, it's hard not to, to notice. But I thought defensively, you know, I was looking at your pitch framing numbers, things like that, uh, that, you know, people in the media do. And mm-hmm. it was pretty good. You threw yeah. out guys. You did a pretty good job defensively. Yeah, there's always room to improve. Um, trying to improve that stuff every day in the off season, And once spring training gets here, um, you know, that's, that's that's what catchers are graded on nowadays is how well you can steal strikes for your pitcher and not lose strikes for your pitcher. So that's – um, that's 99% of what, what we work on as catchers and um, just going to try and continue to improve the defensive side of the ball as well as the offensive and try and get better at everything every day. Well, Grayson, we appreciate you coming by. Yes, good luck to you. Thank you for having you know, me on. And uh, have a good season. And, Dan, it was fun doing the show today. Always we talked Pat. to a lot of people. It was a fast two hours. <laughs> and uh, now the uh, city of Detroit and the metropolitan area will be subjected to me for two hours. <laughs> so, uh, hey. Uh, enjoyed it and uh, yes, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. This was Tiger Talk from Music Town, Detroit, inside the Hockey Town Cafe. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be coming up next. 97 won the ticket.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 